how yeah. long are the open mind sex? Uh, it's, it's not sex. <laughs> open mind <laughs> sex. There we go. Wow, what type of podcast is this? Curious, do you tell jokes in the courtroom? You know, more than I should. <laughs> Words matter and now tonality matters yeah. as well, right? And if we're communicators, we're putting our message out to the world. Mm-hmm. How we say it, it matters as much because it will carry emotion. I'm sure I'll never say anything in my entire life that's worth remembering. But I am making people feel a certain way, whether it's my kids, whether it's, you know, wife, girlfriend, you know, friends, you guys. That's going to be more important because that's how you think about me and, and maybe even how you think about yourself. What are some of the ways that you look into previously done things mm-hmm. to improve? Baseball players, for example, they, they fail more often than they succeed, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you bat 300 your whole career, you're going to go in the Hall of Fame. Whereas in lawyering, yeah. if I told my clients, by the way, I, I fail 70% of the time, um, hire me. We've got some hey, fresh I'm new Luis. Talent and I'm Luis. You and you're listening before. to the Content One, is Profit two, podcast. Guys, if you're enjoying this show, go ahead and follow in your favorite platform mm-hmm. and on social media at BizRoseCo. That is right. And if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode. And, of course, don't forget to leave a five-star review. That's right. Today, we got a special episode. We have one of our studio podcasts with clients as a guest. Woo-hoo-hoo. He is a philanthropist that has raised over $2 million for his charity, Free to Run. Which all his running puts all of my brother's tough mothers <laughs> to shame. Not only that, but he's a father to five, all while working for one of the biggest law firms in Florida and crushing the stage at comedy shows with his free to laugh comedy series. That's right. Please welcome the host of your first rodeo and good friend, Mike Freed. Wow. That's the best intro I've ever got. <laughs> Thank you guys. We are trying to sell ourselves so we can intro you into your comedy shows. You know, we'll get everybody hyped up and then... I'll take it. I'm usually the first up, so I kind of self-introduce. This was amazing. There we go. We'll be the, I don't know, 0.5 up. I don't know. How would you call it? But... It'd be an improvement. <laughs> yeah, we need, maybe we need to take some improv classes before we actually go do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, my wife says I'm not funny, but I'm convinced I am funny. Yeah. Some days, some days. If but we make you laugh today, he said he will go on stage <laughs> on open mic. He can make me laugh. I've already been laughing. On open mic. <laughs> I'll bring you guys out for an open mic. You should come out sometime. There's no yep. way. <laughs> yeah, I need I need to work on a little minute. I need to work on some script. You know, some do people just jump in there and improvise or? Uh, some that doesn't usually turn out very yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Like some people think they have something funny to say, and, and they might. You might be funny at the family dinner or around the table, but being funny on a stage, usually in a very compressed period of time, like three minutes or five mm. minutes, um, you know, they'll start a story and they'll be just barely scratching the surface when their time's up. So yeah. uh, how, how sometimes people, you know, lightning in a bottle, they're, they're funny just out of the gate, but very infrequently. How yeah. long are the open mind sex. Uh, it's, it's not sex. <laughs> mind sex. Open mind Whoa. sex. There we, we go. Changed yeah, the change topic. the subject. Wow. Yeah. What type of podcast is this? That's what's yeah. going to happen. You I'm, might be funny with that. There we go. See? <laughs> okay, I guess I have an open mic spot. No, I'm kidding. The open mic set. Right. How long yeah. is it? It depends where you are. I mean, locally, say in Northeast Florida, you know, um, five minutes would probably be a typical 
open mindset. I'm just loving it. Uh, and in it's fairness, so funny. for your guests, we all should be open minded about sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your point, right? True that. Uh, that was hilarious. I, l- I love when Spanish gets in the way. You know, when the language barrier gets in right. the way in the most awkward moments. Yeah. Yeah. This is beautiful. I mean, I think I mentioned this. Uh, last oh, you guys time. speak Spanish? No. <laughs> Sometimes. I don't know. I mean, Fonsi speaks Mexican. He lived with uh, like six Mexicans in We try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, that was a great experience, let me tell you. Yeah. But uh, last time you were here, I remember uh, telling you about this show that I've been obsessed with. It's called uh, Kill Tony, right? Fonsi oh, yeah. introduced yeah, yeah. me to it. In Austin. Yeah. yeah and they do like uh, they pull out a bucket and it's one minute right Right. and uh, it seems so frightening and so scary yeah at the same time so to plan that minute and uh, I keep an eye on Tony right he's coaching these people right on on Mm. how to do it you gotta write you gotta put in the reps you gotta you know you're gonna suck it's part and I see Mm -hmm. a lot of parallels right with also with publishing right like Clearly, we still suck. I just made a massive mistake here, which is fine. Right. It's okay. We uh-huh. laughed about it and we move forward. But I remember like the first few episodes, right? And I remember a lot of the people and our clients here in the studio and, and all over when they start publishing. That's a very real thing, right? Yeah. So obviously, you come from, uh, I guess, is it a corporate yeah. world, yeah, right? Very much corporate world in the uh, law side of things. Exactly. And now you have an incredible podcast that we kind of inherited with the studio, which I, I really love. And then you also do comedy. How was that transition for you? Like, was it uh, natural? Did it come natural? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've got a weird mentality where I, uh, I don't mind jumping into things uh, with both feet and, um, you know, being a little impulsive. Um, obviously, you know, the law, generally speaking, doesn't reward that type of behavior. You have to be very careful and methodical and, and detailed. So, um, you know, that that part was different. But, you know, there's an extroverted part of lawyering. I'm a litigator, so being out in front, trying cases. Um, but, but there, you know, there's, there's similarities um, and there's and, and there's differences. You really do have to be willing to suck for a while. But the, the tension, and I think it's probably the same, you know, with podcasts and, and with a lot of the outward-facing things that you guys and, and your listeners are part of, you need to get uh, butts and seats. You need to get listeners. You need you need your fa- friends and family coming to see you so that you can have a value proposition. Yeah. But you may not be good at first. <laughs> so th- that's a tension because, you, you know, in comedy, you – uh, you know, you will get gigs if you can get people to come see you. But then there's other comedians, especially the more established ones, who say you shouldn't invite anyone to see you for the first two years. So, <laughs> wow. But okay. of course, if you know, especially in a smaller town, you're not going to be able to keep doing comedy unless you can get people to come see you. So yeah. you got to try to get good quicker, <laughs> and uh, and then also you know make your material fresh because. Unlike musicians who, you know, play other people's songs or, or, or play their own songs, but play them, you know, at every set, nobody wants to come hear a comedian tell the same jokes, um, you know, week after week. So you gotta, yeah. got to freshen things up. Yeah. I'm, by talking about freshening things up and having a lot of reps, I'm relating this right now. I'm on a, on a poker kick, right? Okay. Like I'm enjoying <laughs> playing poker, learning poker. Right. And one of the Did things... Did you win any money last week? Uh, I haven't played. I didn't play it last week. But last time, I did take all your money, and yeah, I you and I took my money back because I lent it to you, and then I beat you and got it back. But that being said, you know, one of the things that they're talking in in that world is that now players get better quicker mm. because they're able to play multiple hands online, 
right? And they're just playing and playing and they're exposed to so much information that, you know, mm-hmm. technically the good players improve faster right. rather than go and playing, you know, in person and only doing 30 hands an hour in comparison to literally hundreds of hands an hour. So now talking about that kind of exposure, I feel like it could potentially be the same with comedy and social media, right? Yeah. People now can try skits faster and have a quick, you know, feedback loop, and then, you know, test material and then go in person where you got to get, you know, butts in seats right. and perform those good bits. Have you seen anything like that? Have you tried anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you have to be willing. I mean, you're, you're kind of talking about the, the fail fast concept, mm-hmm. right, which which is kind of in vogue in a lot of areas. And, yeah, and, I mean, comedy, you know, I, you guys were athletes. You guys were soccer players. Your listeners probably know. Uh, looking at me, won't surprise you listeners that I, I was not an athlete. I was in debate club and doing, you know, things that were not it's as... Dangerous as, rewards. Yeah, I guess. You're a mind a, athlete. That's a superpower, I, I, man. I, I, mind sex is what I was doing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was only having sex in my mind. <laughs> I'm suspicious that he's going to make it to your set at some point. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> I know this guy, Luis. He's got a brother named Luis. <laughs> but, um, but, but the point is... Um, Baseball players, for example, they they fail more often than they succeed, right? If you mm. if you bat three hundred your whole career, you're going to go in the Hall of Fame. Whereas in lawyering, yeah. if I told my clients, by the way, I, I fail seventy percent of the time, um, hire me. That that's not a good average. Yeah. Um, comedy is is one of those things that I feel like it's athletic in the sense or courageous mm. in the sense that you're going to fail. Um, you're going to fail with the uh, same joke one night might succeed it's going to fail the next some nights you're going to get up you're going to tell 10 jokes and they're all going to fail and you got to tell the first one fail tell the second one as if you're going to hit a home run with it yeah. and uh so you know you, you get those reps in you, you tweak a word here or there or you abandon a joke that's not working and, and you yeah. do have the opportunity to keep going you know the problem is if you're actually putting content out on the internet yeah. you know uh and assuming it doesn't ever go away you know, your, your crappy stuff is going to stay out there forever. <laughs> and if yeah. your crappy stuff is, uh, you know, stuff that could get you in trouble or get you canceled mm. or that doesn't age very well, yeah. um, you know, th- there's that yeah. problem as well. I, I think as part of the journey, though, having the bad stuff, not necessarily the stuff that's going to get you in trouble, right, but like your bad material out for people to see as well and then experience your journey, right? Like we talk about it with podcasting, which is somebody might find you on your episode 500, Right? right, and then they're gonna go back. It's like, oh, let me see how these guys were on their first episode, right. and that can actually serve as motivation for some people, right? Because they might go in and listen to that first episode, and they're like, wow, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. Now they're still kind of bad, but they have improved a little <laughs> bit, right? Like, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, they're less terrible. Like, but now they're willing to give you a chance. But I feel like at the same time. That helps with relatability, yeah. right? People are going to feel a little connected to you. I like that idea. I, I think that's right. I mean, my first 10 episodes of the My First Rodeo podcast I uh, was doing in my living room or my dining room without the benefit of, of your studio so that the sound quality is not as good. Uh, it's a little tinnier. It's not as well produced. But um, I like to think that folks that are listening to the more recent episodes and are inclined to go back, they'll be like, oh, it's kind of quiet. I mean, it was the same model. Had yeah. some good guests out of yeah. the gate. But, uh, you know, it was a little tinnier. But uh, yeah. it's sweet. It's like, you know, whatever. The Beatles' first albums. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that, that was exactly going to be my comparison. Me and the, the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And that's what people do. Yeah. Like, I'm the Beatles of podcast. Yeah. And not, <laughs> not at all. I love it. Um, the, the capture presentation that we did a couple of weeks ago on that event, um, we talked a lot about feedback loops, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when... 
when you're not presented or you don't see the feedback on whatever content we're producing or, you know, if you put something out there to the world, uh, it's hard to improve, right, at the end of the day because, like, you're, you're probably from the inside out. So it's very important that we can we go see, like, what's the good content doing? What's the bad content? Sometimes we put an episode out that we think, like, hey, we did the worst. This might not be a thing. And we get surprised that people react in a very positive way. Right. So we're like, why did they react that way, right? And then you start digging and you start learning things. So for for content specifically, you know, a podcast feedback loop can take a couple of days, right? For a short, it can take, you know, maybe minutes or hours, depending on, like, how the platform presents it. Now, when, you know, you're in the courtroom, or even in a comedy show, right? You get feedback loops immediately, in a sense, right? And it's to me like I always imagine being in that spot in a in a way, especially like on the mm-hmm. comedy side, right? It's like wow, you say this thing that you expect people to go and laugh and have a reaction, and then people don't. Sure. And there's like 200 people in front of you, right? Or 20 people, or 10 people, whatever it is, right? So mentally. How do you deal with that? Do you block yourself from that or how do you receive that feedback? Do you adapt immediately? Like what are some things? Because obviously that's a very extreme case because you're on a stage in person, right? Uh, But maybe there's a framework that we can extract from there for people that are publishing maybe their real, their content, their original ideas that they put out to the world, whether that's a business stuff or a passion, Mm -hmm. right? How How do you deal with that? Uh, in the comedy side and then also in the courtroom, right? right? Are they different? Is it the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, there's certainly differences, but at, at its core, it's being aware of your audience and then also um, being um, self-aware but not self-obsessed, mm-hmm. right? So you have to sort of know how you're being perceived and what you're trying to achieve. Um, you have to have a sense of, you know, how your audiences are reacting in, in a courtroom. It could be a judge. It could be a jury. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be your client. Uh, it could be the media. Yeah. Um, in a comedy club, obviously, you pretty much have the audience. Um, but you also have to sort of see yourself, um, how how you're being perceived by them. So, But it, it, you could take that too far, right? I mean, if you're constantly fixing your hair or, or tucking in your shirt or fixing your tie um, or it leads you to stutter or, or have some sort of a nervous tick, um, you know, that it goes too far. So, you know, you, d- you just have to be conscious with comedy. Of course, you, you want to record it a lot, not necessarily to preserve it, but just to listen to it right afterwards. And mm. a lot of times you'll get back and you realize, oh, I said the wrong word there. I, no wonder they didn't laugh. I was supposed to say not before that and I didn't say not. And so they, they heard the exact opposite. Um, whereas you, you're thinking you're killing it. So, <laughs> you know, just being a, being aware, comedy is kind of fun because um, if I'm opening up for a national headliner, uh, say at the Comedy Zone, I'll do five shows in, uh, in, in three days. So uh, maybe a wow. show Thursday, two shows Friday, uh, two shows Saturday. And that's a real treat because you get to do your set and then, you know, watch the headliner come up and then you get another off fresh audience. You come back and you do the same jokes generally. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, you say, well, what didn't work last time? And you really get a chance to try it out again in a courtroom, obviously. Uh, you know, you, you don't generally get a second chance. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you, you know, you, you do have to be aware of, of all those audiences. Um, you have to be respectful of the process. There's a lot of rules to work with in a courtroom. And, you know, you like to think that um, it's not a popularity contest there. It's more no. about the facts and the law. 
Um, but the truth is, uh, you know, a great lawyer or a relatable lawyer um, can really win a jury or a fact finder over, especially in gray areas where the truth maybe is unclear. Yeah. And a really bad lawyer or someone that has no people skills can uh, can lose even a, a good case. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's knowing your audience and then yeah. knowing yourself and adding those two together in the, in the right circumstances. Yeah. You know, every lawyer is not right for every case and every comedian is not right for every audience or every comedy club. So I'm, I'm mostly a clean comic, so there's going to be certain audiences that yeah. will like that and then other audiences where, you know, I probably shouldn't be there. It's just not the right audience for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. By the way, I was looking at your reels right now. I like your bid on uh, the DoorDash. That was funny. Which one? The DoorDash, oh, DoorDash one. Yeah, yeah. how yeah. people's food marinate in their, in their cars, you right, know. Right. You don't really know what there's inside. It's like, ooh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Never DoorDashing again. Uh, I was inspired by my mom who said she was going to use DoorDash to avoid the germs in a restaurant. I was like, yeah. Mom, have you ever seen the inside of a DoorDash driver's car? <laughs> That's you know, good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. De- definitely got me thinking, you know, which is pretty good. Uh, I'm curious, do you tell jokes in the courtroom? You know, more than I should. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm sarcastic by nature, yeah. um, which is a great thing to have in circumstances where it's valued, and it's a really obnoxious thing to have, uh, as my ex-wife told me, in circumstances where it's not valued. Like, she didn't yeah. get sarcasm, didn't like sarcasm, she's an immigrant, and I don't know, it just didn't translate well, or, yeah. and, and she didn't like me, so that probably didn't help <laughs> either. Um, yeah. But among the things she didn't like about me, she did not like my sarcasm. Um, you know, courtroom at work sometimes, uh, you know, like in a jury selection, you know, this huge group of people come in, yeah. it's tense, it's uncomfortable, they don't want to be there, so yeah. I like to think if you could just do something a little human uh, I mean I had a jury to pick not too too long ago and uh, you know th- they say you're supposed to ask a question of each potential juror so you don't yeah. you know make any of them feel left out and I had gotten to the last one I, I only had a little bit of time left and whatever her number was juror number 21 she you saw in her questionnaire she was a, a hairdresser and I said juror number 21 um, I'm supposed to ask everybody a question um, what do you think of my hair? <laughs> she laughed and everybody laughed and I'm bawled for your listeners that aren't looking at me. Yeah. So it was, you know, funny. Um, and I don't, you know, sometimes they can think you're obnoxious and yeah. it's, that's, you know, you don't know. I've just met these people for the first time Yeah, absolutely. and uh, they're not expecting sarcasm. Yeah. So if they value that, they, you know, I've won them over in a minute. Yeah. And if they hate sarcasm and don't like being, you know, it, it can feel like you're being made fun of, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, but there's a there's a lesson in there, you know, especially when we're talking in the context of content, which is you're going to be in people's feeds that are getting to know you for the very first time. Right. And your content might not be for them. And they might see you and they say, who's this obnoxious guy, right? Or what is what does this guy know about podcasting? I don't want to listen to this guy. And they just fly right and they go to the next one. And I think like a lot of people get stuck in their heads thinking, what if people have all these negative thoughts when I publish my content, right? And that stops them in their track from taking action. Is the same thing that you're just yeah. mentioning. What is this? I mean, with comedy, you probably get so much judgment and, you know, sure. some people laugh, some people not laugh, whatever. It is part of, yeah. you know, the, the deal rather. And the same is with content, having that yeah. that mindset. But I remember maybe it was like, maybe like a month ago or so, we, we really got a very heated, hated, like, review on the show, right? Okay. And you know, for people to review podcasts, it's yeah. not as easy as pressing one button, right? You have to go into the platform, you gotta click this, and there's like several step process, right? They had to really hate you. I know, Miss Karen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't remember her name now, but um, it was like a very detailed... I'm gonna say 
it was mostly towards him. Right. Towards they me. They said Luis, so I know it was him. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say Fozzie. But, uh, Definitely justify whatever the comment was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I owe an, an episode of, like, l the lessons from, from that because it's super interesting. Like, that deters a lot of people. It got me heated not because of the comments because right. we don't care. Like, we've done this for a long time. Sure. But... Something like that, my wow, Fonzie. I yeah. might have a cookie right Did now. Did you make more noise with that cookie? Yeah. <laughs> I just put the paper in right in the microphone. Mm. You we said we know. were gonna fight over the cookie, and now, <laughs> while well, you're way over there with the cookie, I can't do anything about it. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow, sorry just, about that. You're not sharing. I thought I heard it was I could eat it all. So. <laughs> we, can, we can eat the crumbs out of his beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's on you, Mike. It's all you, my man. <laughs> not going there. All right, so this uh, lady uh, didn't like you, but, but uh, yeah, so and that's. For a lot of people, that's a big fear. It's like, yeah. well, I'm gonna put my message out there, right? right? And then there's gonna be these random people I don't know who they are. Uh, we call them keyboard uh, keyboard warriors, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because they're so brave behind it. Right. But at the same time, the comments that she was saying was, "Hey, like the host, where they were also sharing too much of the, of their story. They were sharing too much about them." Oh. And I think it was a, an, an amazing investor that came that day to to the interview, and we're going back and forth, right? Right. And then to the point that we're just sharing, part of our journey is that we're also sharing our story here for a lot of people to learn from yeah. our mistakes and the things right. that we've done. So it's not an interview. It's really mm -hmm. a conversation that we're having. So that's why I was at peace. As soon as I saw that, I just started laughing. I was like, well, this is actually a great lesson. Mm -hmm. And we should talk about this stuff. So I want to encourage every creator out there that is also your story, your message. Right. And the people on the other side might not have the full background on what you're doing, right? They might be just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we're talking about clips earlier, right? About these comedians that there might be like a bit or something that they do on social and that helps them move forward in their careers. Right. But they've also working on their craft for so many years at right. the same time. And then it's like, okay, how do we maximize that little iceberg moment that we can have on, on sure. social or content or whatever to then move forward? But um, so. And it's a fair observation. I was just thinking about your, your listener who made that comment because. Um, you know, you went different things out of different podcasts. Like I listened to uh, WTF with Mark Barron, one of the first mm. podcasts really out there. And, and when I started listening to, and he's, you know, he's very self-indulgent, but it's his followers. I'm one of them. And so, yeah. you know, if he's interviewing, you know, whatever, President Obama or yeah. Ben Kingsley, um, I still want to hear his story in the midst of their story. Yeah. Um, but then I listened to uh, Smartless with, uh, you know, three other celebrities interviewing one celebrity. I feel like just my particular taste, they tend to overpower the guests because they've all got their stories. There's three of them, which is probably a lot of hosts. <laughs> and yeah. uh, But, you know, it's not wrong or right. I mean, the, each of those podcasts are very successful, and exactly. I want different things out of each of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, that's, like, probably every every comedian. Yeah, destroy that thing. Wow. It was so good. If it, Inhale it? Shout out to my girlfriend. I love, uh, <laughs> I love you. Wow. Uh, clip this part and send it to her. <laughs> so, I mean... You were talking about, um, I totally forgot now, with the cookie stuff. Yeah, the negative lady. <laughs> the <laughs> negative lady, the negative lady. But oh, I had a comment on the tip of my, of, of my tongue. Yeah, you, you swallowed it with the cookie. All right, yeah. no, yeah, well, no, with the cookie. Well, well, we agree or disagree. All right, I'm, uh, oh, I remember now you were talking about the different podcasts, different hosts, different type of shows. Like, that's a big factor too, right, is personality. Like, right. some people are just going to connect more with a certain type of personality mm -hmm. than other ones, right? Something that we've noticed in this show is that some comedians, right, and Kill Tony, some comedians come out and they're, you know, flashing and loud and they have this sort of personality. And then some other ones that just come in and they're like low energy, you know, like, and they're 
hilarious as well. Sure. And you can kind of even hear, like, different parts of the crowd laughing. It's like, oh, this person, you know, appeals more to this group of people and this other person appeals more to, like, this other group of people. And I find that interesting because as we move on this content world, one of the things that I feel we're more convinced every single time is the value of personality. Mm -hmm. Like, the person behind the microphone, right? The person that is sharing the stories. Like, they their personality is going to attract a certain amount of people, right? And a certain type of people. Uh, and, you know, sadly, there's also some people that have no personality at all. Right. And they go in there and they're like, oh, my gosh, we call them pan sin sal, right? Like mm -hmm. bread without salt. Huevos sin sal. Huevos sin sal. without salt. No, pan sin sal. Well, well, I don't know. Well, maybe I don't even know my there's, own there's, my own country sayings. But. I didn't even know there was salt in bread. So I, yeah, yeah, there you go. I don't know. What I are you eating, Madison? Why are you feeling fancy? I don't know. I've been eating too much. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about food. All about food. All about food. Yeah. But um, I did want to kind of like change a little bit yeah. the topic, right? Not still kind of like our own comedy, but, you know, previously you um, talked about reflecting on your own set. And I think that's one of the, honestly, main mistakes people that produce content don't really do, which is going back and listening to their own sure. stuff and then saying, wow, I'm, you know, I have these behaviors during the podcast that I do or, you know, X, Y, and C that I could improve. Maybe I'm not starting with the right hook. What about next time I start, you know, with the right hook? I think that's an incredible skill. What are some things, you know, maybe as a comedian or even, you know, you're a content creator, a podcaster, What are some of the ways that you look into, you know, previously done things mm -hmm. to improve? Yeah, I mean, one real obvious one, and I've noticed this more than anything on podcasts, hopefully I'm not doing it here, is uh, the use of ums and uhs. Um, you, you never hear yourself doing them when you're uh, speaking the first time. No, but when yeah. you go back and listen, and, and I don't know, I mean, we, we, we all tolerate a certain amount of that from each other. It can even be a little charming, depending on who the person is, and, you know, get yeah. older. If you're rubbing, you know, fingers <laughs> and stuff. Say, mm. Twirling your mustache. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but that's a good one, that you really don't notice you're doing it excessively mm -hmm. until you listen to it. It's hard to control. Um, yeah. as I just did, but, uh, so that's one, um, you know, there's, uh, talking over guests is, is certainly something that you can miss. And again, that can be fun and conversational or it can be, you know, um, just annoying if, yeah. if you're literally not getting, letting the, uh, the interview E get, uh, comments out. Sometimes you listen and either I'll notice it or someone else will notice it. But if you would have shut up there, he or she was just about to say something really cool and you offered your own example. Um, and, and lost that opportunity. So th those are the kind of nuances that in real time, I think I tend to miss. Uh, comedy, you know, it's a matter of, did I say the right word? Um, mm. Sometimes the, the most beautiful things happen because again, comedy for the most part is scripted, but it's meant to look like it's not scripted. And so you'll, you'll tell the joke a particular way, but for whatever reason, something magical happens that night where you throw in something different or someone from the audience says something and you play off of it and it just gets a lot funnier. And then you try to capture that lightning in a bottle and, and use yeah. it again. I think that's where uh, where the most um, positive developments can come out of uh, can come out of comedy. Yeah, yeah so de I'm, definitely I'm, the the magic sex sections. You know, <laughs> that's definitely gonna be something moving forward. Yeah, you can find yeah. those in uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The other Louise. <laughs> But I had a I had a great idea because like we we have a story with the ums right like when I first 
came to college. You I, love this story. I love this. At this point, I'm saturated of that story. But you know, share the story. But there might be some new people <laughs> that don't know. But I don't, my I don't know. know it. But I'll do it fast, right? First class is you know speaking in uh, UNF, right? And we had about 30 people in the room, and they're like, "Hey, prepare a three-minute presentation about whatever you want." So I'm like, "Oh, this is easy. I'm gonna talk about Venezuela, right?" So I just put a slide with a bunch of pictures, and I was gonna talk about each of the pictures. Did not write anything. I was just going off the cuff from the picture that was there. So I was one of the last ones, and the professor had a um counter uh -huh. sitting next to her. And uh, anyways, people are like, 10 ums, 15 ums, 5 ums, right? And and everybody's like, oh, you know, crap. And I think that the last one, like the, the top ums was like 20, right? So I go on, and I do my thing. And in my head, I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, it's flowing amazing. I, I love what I'm doing. And obviously, this is now, what, 20, this is like 11 years ago, right? Um, um. Right. And uh, finish the presentation, and I noticed the professor, like, engaged on, on it, right? So as I'm talking, I see she's engaged, the students are engaged. So I'm like, this is going great. Anyway, she asked the person next to her, and she's like, how many ums? And <laughs> he just looks at the professor like, 120 ums. Whoa. And we're both like, what? In shock, I was that's not true. <laughs> and she's like, I got him here. Like, the sheet full of, like, little, little dots, right? And... There was a lesson, right? At the end of the day, for me, the lesson was that's not going to stop me from saying the thing because I was being engaging in different ways. But at the same time, great feedback sure. to be able to do it, right? So I wrote here, new contest for those listening. Mm -hmm. New contest. Count our ums. I already, bam, I started. You started? I started like two <laughs> seconds ago. You got two ums so two far. Ums. Count <laughs> our ums. But he was ums, talking about And if it's, if I, for the <laughs> full episode. I, I didn't count those. I didn't count the ones where he mentioned. The delivered ums. I have to, don't say um. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll excuse that one. Let's right, go ahead. Sure. You know, you scream. But then, and send us, send us your number on social media or an email, whatever, right? Right at the bottom of the notes. And if it's as close as possible, we'll have a price for you. You, so, you, you will know. get the voice of Luis saying, um, when you're answering machine. Is it, the, uh, the that's price. right. You know, maybe we'll do something a little bit more fun. Um, this is Luis. Um, uh, come, um, to the phone. Um, to the phone. <laughs> but one of the things, like, obviously I've been more aware of that, things like that, and it helps you improve, right? To me, I also speak very fast. That's a lot of people t say me say, say me that. Say me. <laughs> they say you that. <laughs> they say they say to me, and uh, I I've been trying to make it a little bit slower. Doesn't yeah. work most of the time, but it's okay. What's that yeah. balance for you? Like, what? How do you find the balance? How do you do? You lean in into you fully you, or do you listen and and grow from that and adapt? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. In comedy, uh, it's important to let jokes breathe as well and if you're nervous or if the first couple jokes bomb a lot of times I'll start rushing but I notice if you just wait a little bit particularly if it's a bigger room I mean if it's a you know a theater um, you need to wait for the laughs to come from the back of the room to the front so you really do have to find something to do whether it's fidgeting or looking like you're fidgeting or drinking water or something to give everybody equal chance to hear the joke react to the joke but if you just rush in, a lot of times you'll not give the audience a chance. You know, sometimes I try to tell intellectual jokes. Sometimes they take, you know, a little bit of thinking, I hope. And uh, sometimes it, it takes a lot of courage to put silence there because if nothing comes, it's really, really painful. <laughs> you just walk out. <laughs> but sometimes you, you pause just, it feels like five minutes, but it's probably a half a second. Yeah. And that's just enough time for the audience. Like somebody laughs and then somebody else laughs about that laughing. And all of a sudden the entire audience is laughing. Whereas if you just rush to the next joke, 
you know, afterwards, somebody might say, that was a really funny joke you told. I was like, well, why the hell didn't you laugh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't give nice, me a chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that they know that, but I, I know that that's one of the things I need to work more on is pausing. I started telling jokes, or at least I was getting busy with it just when the pandemic hit. So for about a year and a half, comedy clubs were closed. Nobody was going out. And there were Zoom comedy shows, which mm. were horribly painful. And anybody <laughs> that... Um, had been doing it for a while, just said, no, I'm not doing Zoom comedy. Yeah. I wasn't smart enough to say no, so I did it. And I think I grew a lot as a comedian then because basically you were getting no reaction. Most people had their microphones off. Sometimes it was a full room of, of people on Zoom. You kind of looked to see if they were laughing. Some, but for the most part, you just sort of got your timing down as if there were people laughing. Yeah. And I think when I came out of that, I came out a, a little stronger, certainly stronger than if I had just done no comedy for a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. That is very, very interesting. We actually had a guest previously, real quick, on this topic of the pause. Mm -hmm. We had a guest previously that he mentioned the importance of embracing those silences and that you could actually identify moments on the guest where, you know, you could potentially keep digging, right, or... You know, they would give you micro signals that would allow you to identify, oh, this is a good spot that we can dive into where most people just keep talking and then they don't give them a chance to, you know, kind of like fully let the information sink in and then be able to continue down that thread, which is absolutely important. And the other yeah. thing, real quick before handing you the, the mic, was that... Uh, I was, I've been listening to Tony Robbins lately, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to do the mindsets, you know? Mm -hmm. So he was saying communication is 7%, what you say? 38% tonality and 55% body language, right? Mm -hmm. I would argue that in comedy is more than 7% what you say, definitely very important, oh, yeah. but at, at overall, right? The tonality, the body language, we talked about that. And I think part of it is embracing those silence, right? Be able, be comfortable, your body language, be present that when you know you have to take a pause, right? Let's say you're talking about something sad or you're making a joke about something sad and you need a little bit of tension to build up, it's good mm -hmm. to take that pause. But oh, I feel yeah. like most people are maybe not as comfortable or just thinking way too ahead or thinking what are other people going to think if I let them waiting for my next sentence right. that they just rush and they start talking way too yeah. fast. No, that's very true. I think I think preparation is such an important thing, but you can over-prepare. Um, and obviously if you've written out every word and you're just reading it, we've all seen those commencement speeches and those, those are boring. Um, in lawyering, you know, say I'm cross-examining someone in a deposition, you could definitely use pauses to, to get more. You know, if I ask you a question in a deposition and say it's being videotaped or, or not, but uh, after I ask it, you give an answer, yes, no, and then I lean in or I just keep making eye contact with you, average person's going to think they're supposed to say something else. Um, you know, if you're a badass that can't be stared down, maybe not. But no. if I ask you a question and you answer something and I just go like that, Sometimes you're going to give yeah, more, yeah. And, uh, and and that's a useful uh, a useful tool to have. I'm going to start doing that in online interviews. Ask a question, then just be like, 
<laughs> Stir them down. What, Fonzie, why are you looking at me that way? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you do a little wink, winky, winky, wink. <laughs> An eyebrow raise, a little eyebrow yeah. raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fonzie, control yourself, man. Yeah. Um, why is Fonzie flirting with all the guests? I, <laughs> I know, we start getting love Mike letters. told me to do this. Mike just told me to lean in, you know? <laughs> I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> Our audience you just set switching. me up for the rest of my <laughs> podcasting career. <laughs> Our audience starts switching genders. We're like, what is happening? Anyways, whatever. Okay. I'll call you um yeah. and wait. Okay, I'm gonna... All right, I'm gonna make a quick parenthesis here. I made a note here that said, I'm gonna start a counter for your alms and a counter for your bad jokes. That's uh, number one. So, yeah, that's that's like number three, but no, okay. that's number one. We're 35 <laughs> minutes in. Anyways, going back to the silence. Uh, I remember seeing an interview with Elon Musk mm. and he was being asked a question and he will just take his time, breathe, think mm -hmm. and then answer right and uh, i think that's super valuable skill for any person that's in a conversation in a, in a podcast and it was super impactful because i recognized that i was rushing a lot into answering different things and sometimes we might not have the right answer or we might have to think a little bit on the context or the elements to actually do give a good answer right right and that was so impactful to me it was a very small detail Right, we don't, you know, the power of the silence after you say something, but also before you say something. Yeah. Right, and uh, so that's that highlight. I highly recommend watch Elon's like interviews because he does it a lot. I'm just gonna say this real quick. I've told him, you know, hey, what about we look into the arms and the eyes and all these things. But it had to be Elon Musk, the one that comes through <laughs> he did. and takes all credit. You're clearly not listening. I was not talking about the arms. I know you were talking about, about the pause and the thinking. <laughs> I'm just putting, I'm packaging all of that into the arms announced. But uh, just two arms, by the way. <laughs> and then okay. uh, the example with tonality as well uh, okay. is so important that you know I don't. I think this is the first time I hear it from you on that side. But it happens a lot with now my kids, right? You have five kids, so lots of lessons to be learned there for, for us. Um, but with Luca, you know, my oldest, sometimes I call him with a certain tone and he almost like runs away mm. in a sense, right? Or maybe he did something that he was not supposed to do and I do that. And then immediately I catch myself and I change the tone, same word, and then he comes. Yeah. Right? I'm like, look, buddy, I'm not mad at you. Let's talk about this, whatever, right? Uh, and it's so interesting. And then with my wife, my wife is one of those people I love dearly, but she has no filter mm. on what she says. I like her already. Yes, amazing. And it's not the things that she says. Also, she has no filter on the tone I started to recognize. Said, yeah. And I bring it up to her. I'm like, babe, like you said it this way. And babe, you're like, hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it happens often. But it's super... It's incredible how I've been practicing awareness on that side of things because words matter and now tonality matters yeah. as well, right? And if we're communicators, if we're putting our message out to the world, mm -hmm. how we say it, it matters as much because it will mm -hmm. it will carry emotion. Yeah, that's right. And two thoughts on that, and neither of them are original thoughts, but I think they're really important. Um, they've certainly been impactful to me. One is we tend, and this isn't just about broadcasting or content, it's about human relationships. We tend, I know I tend, to listen to respond instead of listening to understand. Mm. And when you change that paradigm, when you listen to understand, uh, you know, obviously if you're interviewing me, at some point I'm gonna respond, it'd be a yeah. horrible interview if I didn't. But the most important thing is that I understand what you're saying, um, I understand why you're saying it, and sure, if there's a response that, that's required, then ultimately I respond. 
but uh, you know the old uh, the, the old adage that you've got two ears and one mouth because you're supposed to listen twice as much as you speak. So so I think that's an important one. Um, the other one that y- you made me think about with your son, and it actually came up with my son. Um, he didn't say it this way, but I remember uh, years and years ago. He's 26 now, but when he was probably about. 11 or 12, I was, I was telling him something and that, you know, we went to bed the next morning we woke up and I was like, you know, Anthony, you know, I was disappointed in how you handled that situation. You weren't being nice to your sister. And he said, you know, you're right. And he said, but I just didn't feel like you were listening to me. I know you were right, but I didn't feel like I was listened to. And that, that reminded me of the expression that people don't remember what you said. They remember how, what you said made them feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how your son was responding. That's how my son responds. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll never say anything in my entire life um, that's worth remembering. But I am making people feel a certain way, whether it's my kids, whether it's you know wife, girlfriend, you know friends, you guys. Um, that's going to be more important because that's how you think about me, and, and maybe even how you think about yourself. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, lots of lessons there. Absolutely, I love that phrase. Please. People don't remember what you say, but how what you said made them feel. There's so many times where I'm sharing the excitement of events that we've been to. It's like, whoa, we went to click funnels and we watched Tony Robbins live. What an experience. Mm-hmm. And the people I'm talking to ask me, oh, so how did it go? What did you learn? What are these things? I was like, actually, I don't remember anything that he said, <laughs> but the emotions were so high. I was crying on that thing. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Right. And is that power of emotions. Actually, emotions are the ones that get ingrained in your memory, which I think it talks on another aspect of content and probably comedy as well, right? I mean, comedy, you're driving this, emotions. I think it could be a roller coaster, right? But on the content side as well, how are your stories driving emotions? If if your content is just all straight factual, it might have very... you know, a coefficient, emotional coefficient, very low. Sure. But the more stories you add in there, maybe, you know, your tonality, your body language, that can increase that emotional aspect on your content, which is going to, you know, help the listener, you know, remember you a little bit better. And I think it's, again, the same with content. Fun story, actually. The way I discovered Kill Tony was I was watching a poker video. Some Some guy that he is... Super spiritual. It's super odd because he gambles, right, for a living playing <laughs> poker, but he is super spiritual, so he moved to Bali. But he said, the only TV show that I watch with my wife is Kill Tony. And he said, there's something spiritual mm. about comedy. It's like you see people stepping in stage with all their problems. Sure. And they, you know, share their stories as hard as they've been. You know, they obviously they're trying to get at laugh from the crowd but they're putting themselves fully out there for the world to see and now relating that back to emotion once i started seeing kill kill tony obviously the main purpose was i wanted a laugh i wanted comedy but some of the comedy that comes out the story that these people share and one of the things that tony asked him is is the story that you're sharing is true like is this joke real authentic yeah and a lot of them say yeah like this actually happened to me i'm I'm mind blown. I'm like, wow. Right. The level, you know, how open are they? The level of vulnerability that they have to share this with the audience is absolutely amazing. And usually those, again, I might not remember the joke exactly, but those are the ones that I'm like, wow, those were some good comedians that stepped up in their 
the same with content, right? The people that make you feel something with their content, those were some good pieces of content. I think you have great stories for for uh, for your set. For my set. One involves teeth. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I don't know about that. That's a start. You got to have good, good life experience. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll think about that one. I'll Madison, think about that. Madison knows that one, so... Yeah, she knows everything. Nothing but still. to lose on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might start with something more uh, lighthearted for that. I don't even know if I'll do that. You <laughs> lost, so you are walking on the open mic. I think you should both come. I think you should both come. It's a challenge. We'll think about we might it. accept it. <laughs> I, I might need some tips on how do I write a good joke. Let's go with that. How does somebody write a good joke? Well, you, you already touched on one. It's got to be authentic. I mean, you know, there, there's some exceptions to that rule if it's just a word play or something like that. But, you know, a joke about, you know, raising kids or having a girlfriend or being an immigrant or growing up in Venezuela, that's going to be funny, or at least it's going to be the, the premise for something funny, something authentic um, about you. For the most part, you got to be likable. Um you know, there are exceptions to that rule as well. There's the Andrew Dice Clays of the world. There's Chappelle, who, you know, they've got their own followers in a different mm -hmm. way. But but even Chappelle, I would say, people like him, the ones that like him. And, uh, you know, therefore, they, they like his stories. you got to have, um, and again, these every rule I'm going to give you, there's exceptions. But you got to have something funny happening at least every 30 seconds. So even if it's a 10-minute story, um, say like a Chappelle story, if you dissect his jokes, there's a funny line or a funny little rabbit hole he takes you on about every 30 seconds. Because wow. generally if people are coming out to laugh, they want to be laughing. They don't want to sit and wait for some really amazing buildup. Yeah. Um, the problem is even if it's hysterical at the end of 10 minutes, one laugh for 10 minutes is just not enough. It's not a good... You know, yeah. It's not a good ratio. Is there like a ratio laugh per minute type of 30 deal? 30 seconds is, 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 is sort it? of a you know a rule of thumb. And, and again, you, you could do different. You, obviously, you could do more. Um, but you don't want to do much less because then you're putting you know all your all your metaphor eggs in one basket. And you're, you're hoping that the, the punchline is going to be uh, you know yeah. rewarding enough to justify all that time. Yeah. You know, again, sometimes that works. For, Chappelle's a good example of it. Interesting. He, he tells these really dry poignant stories i'm remembering one he tells about uh, a buddy of his who he um knew and then he saw him years later and he was working a footlocker and i won't blow his punchline but it's a it's a long ways to get there but because it was so serious and somber and the things this guy had navigated the uh, reversal the direction that it yeah. takes at the very last second um is a huge payoff yeah but mm. but I, that's a big investment to make for yeah somebody that, if you're not Chappelle, that actually it's crazy. I, I'm seeing a lot of parallels between comedy and content creation, right? You said don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Meaning in the terms of laugh per minute. Don't get only one laugh in a 10-minute set because obviously <laughs> your risk of failing is way bigger than sure. if you do it every other 30 seconds, right? Then you will be having potential, potentially 20 moments for laugh, right? right? In a 10-minute set if you do it every 30 seconds, which gets me thinking don't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to content, right? Diversify your content strategy. We're actually talking a lot about this uh, with our clients at the moment, and it was one of our predictions for 2024, which is there's going to be more series out on um, on creators. So, for example, somebody that creates short for content, they're going to do a series on how to run a podcast, but at the same time, we're also going to do a series 
on funny skits that happen on podcasting, right? Like when, for example, my brother mispronounced words and all that type of stuff. What? 30 seconds. Wait, 30 seconds. I'm going for my next one. (laughs) But, you know, all those things is, I think is super important for creators and the fact that you said the same thing for comedians. I find this super interesting. So many parallels. Yeah, yeah. Speaking is speaking. I I agree with you on diversity. So, for example, if you had a podcast, you definitely wouldn't want the both podcasters to have the same name, right? That would be a bad... Yeah, yeah, that would definitely be... It's rough, for sure. That's why we change it into... Well, he changed it for me into Fonzie. We used to say... And I had to embrace it. We used to say that the sexy voice was Fonzie. Right. We don't say that anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. you have Fonzie. Oh, you've been practicing your voice. Trying to get sexy. <laughs> it's all the ums. I think the ums make it sexy. The ums. But, uh, it's yeah. your dad's fault. Your mom and dad's fault. They're the ones that named you guys the same. Yeah. We say it was a marketing strategy from our mom. Yes. Honestly, I was the only one to benefit from that strategy because yeah. I'm the younger one. Right. So probably shouldn't be talking about this with a lawyer here in the room. <laughs> but obviously, you know, when you're younger than 21 and you go out to party and stuff like that. Right. Not just to he- party, to buy things on credit too. My yeah. Credit was all messed his, up. His ID <laughs> came in perfect for me, that. right? Yeah, that's a good point. And then uh, hand-me-downs, like personalized clothing. You could Personalized clothing. Ones. Now, when we go at events, when we introduce ourselves, I've never actually introduced myself as Fonzie. Right. When we introduce ourselves, we're always, I'm Luis. And then they turn to me and I'm like, I'm Luis. And we're brothers. And people look at us. Are you actual brothers? Weird. Are you actual brothers? No, right. you're fraternity brothers. Yeah, we're, we're like, no, we're brothers. real brothers with right. the same name. So that causes an impression on people. Yeah. Therefore, an emotion. Right. Therefore, they remember us next time they see us. Yeah. So that's what we say. Or mom was just a marketing genius. She, she doesn't know it. That's but all point. credit to her mom. Yeah, yeah. People either remember uh, both of you or neither of you. Right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they do remember they, us. They normally remember the, the best bro, which is this guy. The yeah. bad jokes. The, yeah. the bad jokes. The um guy. The, the, the um guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the cookie guy. <laughs> Dude, Max. Okay, so how long is the set that we have to prepare? Oh, even if you're going to go out and just test it out, try it out. You know, if you have five minutes ready, that's pretty good. Five minutes? That's not, I was that thinking like about like 60 seconds. Damn. Uh, five well, minutes. It's I because mean, you're used to watching Kill Tony, which know, is 60 I, seconds. But I feel like that's a great start. You know, prepare one minute. Okay, so maybe yeah. it, this is how we break it down, right? Prepare a minute at a time. Sure. Uh, focusing on the premise, which is the story. Something true that happened, right? Or right, that is right. true to us. And uh, something ha- funny has to happen every 30 seconds. So that that would be like a good framework to kind of start writing. That's a perfect framework. Yeah, and, and I mean, nobody's ever going to tell you to spend more time on stage. So if you got <laughs> a good 30 seconds or 60 seconds or a couple minutes, then <laughs> do that. Walk so out. Thank you very much. But uh, more often, people blow... People blow the, the time, and the um, host will put a light up at the back, a flashlight that tells you it's time for you to wrap it up. You it's time to get uh, out of here. We're like, clearly, <laughs> they're kicking me out, so I'm just going to walk out. But yeah. then people will be like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just about what? done, and then they'll do another five minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's the worst thing when you're new at it. It's really hard to know when to end. Yeah. But it sounds like that won't be your problem. You're going with the kill uh, 60 just seconds. Co- we just continue. Uh yeah. Mike, is there is there a routine you do for your your art and your craft? Like, how do you how do you you know we're coming here to an end? Obviously, our craft is our podcast, so we do mm-hmm. it three a week, three times a week. We try to stay as consistent as possible. We've done it plenty of times, and it's definitely helped us on comedy. What I've heard is like you gotta write, mm-hmm. you know, write, 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 write. Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your how do you master your craft? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I exercise that. Every day, and, and I do think I create more than the average comedian. It doesn't mean I create 
good, but I do write every day. A lot of comedians will, will get their tight 10, will get a really good set of 10 minutes, and then they'll add something periodically or occasionally. I write new jokes and try them out every week because, A, I invite people to come see me time and again, and so I feel like I owe them new jokes. Maybe not 100% new jokes, but some yeah. new jokes. What I do is I kind of, if you watch the late night shows, I write as if I work for Stephen Colbert. Mm. I will take the headlines and see something happening, you know, hopefully not something tragic, but, you know, whatever, the, the Air Alaska uh, plane with the, the windows blown off, obviously a big yeah. deal now. Uh, we're ready to get that 50% off flight. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, that's what I saw yesterday. I saw they were given 30% off on their tickets, and I said, and everybody gets a window seat. Not, you know, it's not a great joke, but it's, I uh, loved. it's an I exercise. Loved it, yeah. and, it's, and talk about every 30 seconds. It's just a setup and a punchline, a setup and a punchline. So I, yeah. I'll do that for at least 20 minutes every morning. Nice. Um, some of those jokes never see the light of day. And here's the thing. If they're good jokes, they don't last very long because if it's a joke about Christmas or New Year's or the, the Air Alaska plane, nobody's going to want to hear about that in three months. Yeah. At least I hope not. Another, <laughs> parallel, <laughs> another parallel with content right here, right? Trending mm -hmm. topics and then evergreen content. Correct. That's, That's exactly pretty right. much the two main buckets in which we produce content with our clients, which is trending, right? Is there anything right now that has attention to it? They also you can leverage to divert attention towards yourself and towards your craft. Sure. Right? And then you use that. But again, that joke won't last too long. But then you get the evergreen ones, which I'm guessing mm -hmm. in comedy might be the more your story, something right. more organic or something historical that has lasted the test of time. Correct. And I'm always trying, you know, you want to create those jokes about parenting, jokes about, you know, more general airline travel. Uh, and hope that they last a while, and then you file yeah. them away because I do a lot of corporate gigs, and sometimes you got to pull out the jokes that relate to this specific industry or or, or what have you. Wow, yeah. I love it. This is awesome. All right, challenge accepted. I'm not putting a date on it. Yes, but I'll start writing and see <laughs> what right. see what do, comes up. Do you present every week? Do you go on stage every week? I do about ten shows a month on average, which could be five wow. in a weekend, none the next week, and then maybe okay. two or three the following. Uh, on average, I do, and would be remiss if I didn't tell your listeners uh, who are at least are in the Northeast Florida area, February 17th, yes, uh, the Clean Comedy Series at Murray Hill Theater. Dry Bar comedian okay. Danny Johnson will be uh, the headliner. Joey Nick will be the feature, and I'll be hosting. So come on out for that. Get your tickets now. It's a 300-person venue. We'd love to fill it up and to have uh, clean comedy every month at the Murray Hill Theater. Uh, I think there's a market for it. Obviously, Jacksonville is a very, uh, you know, uh, it's got a lot of different people, but it also has a lot of churches. And I'm sometimes uh, resistant to invite church friends to come hear me, even though I'm clean, because the next guy might be talking about <laughs> dick yeah. jokes or something. I love to say dick yeah. jokes on your podcast. Yes, they might, 100%. They might be talking about those things. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that could be funny, but it's not for everybody. So here's an opportunity for everybody who says they just want clean comedy to come to the Murray Hill Theater Clean Comedy Series February Where 17th. can they buy nice. the tickets? Murray Hill Theater uh, on Perfect. their website, on their event page. And uh, you can go right there, get your tickets, and show up. It's Valentine's weekend. What a better place to bring your daughter, your wife, yeah. your girlfriend. Probably not girlfriend and wife. <laughs> I would separate those. <laughs> Fancy ass with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Madison, no, do not listen to this guy. There's one Luis that's married. I know. Girlfriend. He's is. just trying to keep it that way. <laughs> You're just saying that to get cookies. Uh, yeah, he didn't I get love a cookie, Madison. I'm, I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, there's also an Eventbrite 
page where Correct. people can go and the, and they can get the tickets. We're gonna link that on the description. But you know, I think it'll be fun if we give out a few tickets. We can give out five tickets first. People to Ooh, DM, baby, let's go. DM us. You know, I don't know. We want in or cookies, whatever. Just DM us that you want to go to the show, and we'll give you guys uh, uh, some tickets. Let's yeah, go. absolutely. And we'll be there. We'll be there for sure. Didn't even know we had an audience here. <laughs> you guys are hearing that too, right? Yeah. The, er, the back of the room is very far. This yeah. is the laugh from like uh, minute two. See? Yeah, yeah. First joke we told just came back. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. Should have said um and given it a chance to get back. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about the mindset. There we go. Hey man, if, closing if, loops. Hey. Let me tell you. Let me another parallel. Right? We open a loop. I feel like that's actually I've seen that a lot in comedy. I like geeking out on like breaking down things like, sure. ooh, they said this thing like five minutes ago uh, and yeah. now they're closing it down. I'd like, I like structuring things like that. That's I think called, it's pretty it's cool. It's called a callback. And that's a, a huge, callback. It's so funny because people, uh, I'll always build callbacks into my sets because it, it's like a magic trick. People are like, oh, he said that 10 minutes ago and now he's talking about it again. That's, yeah. Amazing. That's genius. It's, you know. Yeah. No. I'm gonna, I'm going to share the story of the first ever callback I experienced. Okay. <laughs> and it was amazing it was actually a kid from my grade back home back in venezuela we used to do this from your grave my grade oh okay. we used well, okay. on, we used to do these trips anyway. yeah, yeah not yet at least <laughs> we used to do these trips uh when we we're in fourth fifth grade and sixth grade where we would go a week with our classmates to somewhere in the country. It was right. a lot of fun. Right. And we went to this beautiful place called La Gran Savannah. Honestly, if you ever go to Venezuela. Guys, it's the Grand Savannah. Like the yeah, Grand exactly. Savannah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it's un- incredible. That's where the Angels Falls is, right? The biggest mm. waterfall in the world. Wow. And we had one night where everybody was sitting in a circle. We were telling jokes. And some were good. Some were pretty terrible right. and this kid gets up and he starts sharing the most i don't know detailed packed just like this story joke ever right he's like two minutes into the story not even hitting a punchline or anything and it's about this guy and a ring right and then all of a sudden he says and the guy gets upset and he just throws the ring into the ocean and he gets lost and everybody's like all right and then what and like there was like no punchline. It was terrible. It wasn't a joke. And the kid's like, all right, that's a joke. And everybody's like, what? This is horrible. Like, get out of here, dude. Like, everybody's like, oh, you know, the classmates, we were, I don't know, we were like maybe nine, ten, something like that. Like, oh, you suck. And then I'm not kidding. 30 minutes later, he comes back. He's like, all right, all right, I got another joke. I gotta, you know, reivindicate myself. And everybody's like, all right, cool. And he starts another story, and people are like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Another one of this. And he, the story is about a, a, a diver. So he's talking how the diver all of a sudden found the ring. Wow. Dude, everybody cracked up. <laughs> We're like, what? This is amazing. You know, the setup that he did, yeah. he endured the booze right. of the whole crowd, he then waited the 30 minutes. The patience that required to pull this off. And then he stepped in there and did that. I was like, this is once in a lifetime. This is prime Netflix special out here. Wow, so. you need to check that guy down. That's something. Uh, yeah. No, I know. He's, he? he's in Canada, Santiago Rangel. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's in, in Canada. Well, last time stand-up? I talked to him, he was in Canada. I don't know where he is right now. <laughs> he no stand-up? Him. He, uh, he left an impression on you. He definitely left an impression on I was like, wow. So I love callbacks. <laughs> when I see a good one, I'm like, this guy. They this know. Guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well. 
Yo, Maggie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share uh, with our audience before we head out? No, I mean, if you're not uh, following these guys, you need to. And if you're not doing <laughs> business with them, I know they didn't ask me for that. But they, they do help produce my show, the My First Rodeo Podcast. Love it if you Thank all you. listen to that. Follow Absolutely. me at Freed to Laugh. And, uh, yeah, keep doing the great things you guys are doing. And uh, I will be following your advice. Thank you. Thank you. I personally want to bring you back to talk a lot about the philanthropy side. I think that is absolutely amazing what you're doing there. And I also want to talk more about your podcasting side. You know, you talked at the beginning, you mentioned that you are like to jump in, you know, into things. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that in law, but I feel like you have this side of you where you like to try out things and the philanthropy that you've put together free to run yep. is a testament to that. I think that's something that yeah. you probably created with those emotions. Like, I want to help people. You started it and I, now you've raised over $2 million. Yeah. Hey, we're up to 2.5, not to 2.5, yeah. $2.5 million for pediatric patients and awesome. uh, senior citizens. So incredible. It's, it's incredible. Cool, but, uh, yeah, just so let's bring you back and talk more about that. We're gonna, yeah. I'm going to leave a lo an open loop that will close. Who knows? But it's going to be more than half an uh, hour. It's, it's, <laughs> Uh, that too, we talk about selling businesses, right? The sure. new things, and uh, so a lot of creators and people that have businesses, maybe yeah. that might be a thing that they're not thinking right now, but it's something that we should all be thinking. On the lawyer so, side, if you need a lawyer comedian, I am that's perfect. One of them, absolutely. <laughs> uh, sweet, Fonzie. Anything else? No, just thank you, Mike. It was awesome. Thanks, all right. guys. Appreciate you. Absolutely. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Babes Rose Co. That is right. If Mike here made you laugh and help you get one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>